0: Welcome to Playing for the Master, a podcast on theater, faith, culture, and other shenanigans. Okay, well this is the Uh, possibly maybe it's sort of official podcast for Unmuted Arts and Master Arts Theater. So I am here with Kathy Van Lopik, one of a um, select group of folks who are recurring directors here at Master Arts. She's directed a lot for us. I think you probably last saw her show, Anne of Green Gables, and she was actually the director of Enchanted April, which if you saw our online showcase, you saw a snippet of that. Hopefully you'll get to see that one soon. And then she's also the director of um, our online Vintage Christmas show that's coming up. So welcome, Kathy.
1: Thank you, thanks. It's good to be here in my home talking to you.
0: Yes, I really wish we were in person talking to each other, but hey, someday. Okay. Um, So you're actually, before before we start talking about Vintage Christmas, I wanted to talk a little bit about you because you're one of the few people I know whose life did not slow down at all over the pandemic um, because you're an essential worker because you work at um, Gordon food service. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep.
0: But then you've also, you were like in the middle of of directing Enchanted April. Yes. And you did some of the online stuff with civic and now you're doing some of the online stuff with us. So kind of tell us how you've been keeping busy during the pandemic.
1: I know you would think my life would be slower, but it's not. So yeah, it's, well, the thing is about this pandemic is it's been uh, start and stop, start and stop, you know, as far as theater goes, because you, we never, you don't know how long uh, for theater this is going to go on. So beside the scenes, and I'm sure all the theater, you know, community theaters around here have been doing the same thing. We're trying to prepare for uh, at, at two different things at the same time. We're trying to find something to do now that we can do safely for both, um, you know, the actors and, and crew and people involved in theater and for the audiences. Um, so you try, we're trying to plan, you know, off the cuff things to do now but also trying to plan for the future. So like you said, I was directing Enchanted April and we're like, okay, so if things open up, we wanna be ready to go. So we were in rehearsals, we were in Blackroom rehearsals. We were to the point where we were off book when you know things again, shut down again. And, and then opportunities, uh, so then we start looking at, cause I'm also on the play selection committee how what can we do now, you know, to give people theater? And it's I, I don't not talking to any of the other community theaters, but everybody at the same time, well, let's do a radio type show um, that we can either do virtual or you know, maybe possibly do it live. Now the Grand Pacific Civic Theater radio show that was involved with, we did it outside <laughs> in October probably the Mm. coldest weekend of October, but I was in that cast. So it was, you know, so yeah, it's for those of us who are still involved with theater, it's, it's kind of been in a way I would say even more busy because you're not, you're not doing the normal things. So you're trying to all of a sudden do something different. And so that it's a speed up type thing. So, so Yeah. So that's what I've been doing is, you know, trying to figure out what you can do now. And...
0: Right. That's very much been the case for me. Um, and just full disclosure, I'm part of the cast of Vintage Christmas as well. And I'm also kind of behind the camera and doing the video editing. Um, right. You know, wh- how it's affected me here at Master Arts is I've, I've gone from being primarily an administrator and occasionally dabbling in the artistic side, like as an actor or director. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, I've become my 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 biggest time job that I do is editing, editing yeah. audio, editing video, learning how we can do things to put it online. Um, so, and, I, and I'm hoping that one of the benefits of having gone through this is that we can, you know, take some of these skills that I'm kind of forced to learn and uh, apply them beyond the pandemic, and and still do some things that are maybe a little more. Um, contemporary or cutting our edge or or open up some of the things that we do up to the online audience like we're kind of forced to do now right but we we've never really done that in the past um you know we've we've done like little marketing videos here and there but we've never put like whole classes online or whole shows online and now we've we've done that several times mm-hmm. um, through the pandemic so let's talk about you, you've you been a very you've kind of like in this small group of these are the directors that we love to go to here at master arts so you've directed I don't even know how many shows here now
1: I don't know either <laughs> I probably should have so, researched that but
0: a lot how did you first how did you first get involved with master arts
1: uh well it's interesting it was because I I did look that up and it was over 17 years ago and um the church that uh we were members of at the time the pastor of that church (laughs) came to me and asked me to be the drama director and i'm like where where are you getting this from i've never been in a play (laughs) i like going to see plays you know and i enjoy you know theater and everything but it's like i've never been to play i've never directed i've never been involved in that other than being an audience member (laughs) so i'm very much a lay person. So I was like, okay, you know, and how does one go about doing this? Uh, Fortunately for me, I said, okay, well, you know, I'll, you know, try this. Uh, Fortunately for me, there was Master Arts Theater, uh, which is not just a theater, but it's, but it, uh, and you know, if you ask Chris this too, it started as a support for Christian artists in theater. And so yep. they, um, especially back then, um, did a lot of classes, mm-hmm. and you know, for directing and acting, and I took you know every class that they offered, and um, um, so uh, and they, they would bring in guest uh, uh, speakers and stuff that you could learn from too. Um, so, which was which was great because they're here, local. And yeah. I, mean, I also went to like conferences, like at Willow Creek and things like that, which is too. Yeah. But it was just real convenient to, you know, and then got to know the people at Master Arts, like Chris McDonald, especially. And you could just call them up and ask them and say, hey, you know, how do I do this? You know, what's your experience with this? And so that's, um, and I learned about them, honestly, through uh, my friend, Julie Hondard back then, because she was drama director. Mm. So she said, hey, you know, here's Master Arts Theater. They're they're giving out classes and, you know, you can learn how to be a drama director from, you know, from them. And it was huge. I mean, for someone like me who had, like, not the first clue, you know, other than knowing what I like when I see it, you know, other than that. But Mm -hmm. so hugely helpful. So that's how initially I got uh, involved in this, like, oh, look, they're having auditions. (laughs) For um, I initially auditioned for the street theater uh, troupe, which I'm still involved with. In fact, I'm the director of that. You're night. running it, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then the play came up, Christmas Carol, um, in 2003, and I'm like, hey, that I think that'd be fun, you know, to audition for that. And I was just really surprised that I got in, you know, because I'm like, I've never acted before. So that was huge. But yeah, so that's basically how I got involved was um, m- because uh, I was a novice drama director. And I'm like, I need help and support. And Master Arts is, mm. is perk you know, is wonderful. about. They're very, you know, hey, ask us anything. We'll tell you anything, you know, and very supportive. So it
0: started you on a lifelong obsession now.
1: I know. what hey i'm telling you once you get hooked on theater baby <laughs> there's no going back
0: <laughs> this is true so i know like we said a minute ago i've lost count how many you've directed not yeah. only here but in other theaters yes. around the around the area now mm-hmm. so out of all of them and this is a really hard question to ask any director what's your favorite so far
1: yes <laughs> I know I've been thinking about that too. And it is hard because even shows that I was kind of, you know, I'll do this just because they need somebody to direct it. You, you have a tendency to like become so invested in that. And like, you know, if it's not such a great show, how can I make this a better show? You know what I mean? Um, or, you know, having to come up with a vision for that show. But I guess if I have to pick one, um, that is my favorite I'm going to say um and I directed this two different places one was the first time I directed this show was at Caledonia Community Players and then recently um at Mass Arts Theater was Around the World in 80 Days oh yeah and the reason for that I'm going to say it's my favorite is because that was one where you really have to think outside of your normal theater um experience because you use minimal set minimal props and that's one especially at mass arts theater um had a great cast who uh very much involved in the process of imagining what this world would be like and you know i go well this is this is what we want to create and these are the items that we have we we just used um Matt Gamison, who's wonderful, made us a lot of suitcases out of wood. And I said, Mm -hmm. these are, these is, this is how you're going to do your set because you're going around the world in 80 days. So you're in a number of different places. So, um, this is, we need to build a pagoda. We need to build, you know, how are we going to do that? And they're, man, they were just like, boom. Uh, well, let's do this. You know, let's try this. So that was just a wonderful experience. Um, Really uh,
0: creative too, very and I feel crazy. like
1: Having the your cast involvement so in involved. street
0: theater really prepared you for that show.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, it did, and it's just my favorite. Just seeing them um, just uh, come alive with creativity and like mm-hmm. telling the story, and it's like this is how we're going to tell the story, and we're going to build this world, and this is you know with very little you know props and stuff, and it was
0: out of to- suitcases,
1: out of suitcases. It was cool. Yeah, it was, that was, it was just a lot of fun. And then I ended up having to be in it because one of our actresses uh, hurt herself. And so then I had to be a part of that. I was like, you know, Todd Gunn, now I get to be in a show too. You
0: yeah. know, that's one of those things where I'd like to say that doesn't happen very often, but it's happened to almost every stinking show that I've directed so far.
1: I know, I know.
0: It's like, yeah.
1: Now I got to take this part. Which is, which is good and bad at the same time because you kind of like as a director, just I would just like to sit back and, you know, make sure that this is all going well. But no, sometimes you got to be part of it. So
0: I have not had the experience yet where I could just stand back and direct. Even when I've tried to, something happens and I end up having to do a role or do a voice mm-hmm. or, you know, step in as the stage manager or something. Yeah. Um,
1: it doesn't happen anyway, to me so very often, just a couple times,
0: but you know. But you're a very fortunate director,
1: then. I know. I am.
0: So, we're actually going to talk about Vintage Christmas. And um, okay. this was, as with all things that you try and do creatively during this pandemic, uh, was one of those things where it was constantly changing. And uh, we had a really good rehearsal plan going in, I think. Yeah. And uh, thought we had a good plan for performance that was meeting all the restrictions at the time. But then of course, you know, everything changed at the last minute again. I would like to get your perspective on trying to direct a show both through a a time of pandemic when you're never going to have an audience present mm-hmm. while you're performing, but then also the challenges of the rehearsal process um, trying to, you know, that are different from a regular rehearsal process. So can you speak to that for, for a minute?
1: Yeah. And I think um, I got the same answer kind of for both your question. The thing is when you're trying to be safe and social distance. And so we did, all of the rehearsals through Zoom and the audition process and all of that is um, that works okay. And it it worked worked very well uh, Mm -hmm. for us. The problem is um, not being in physically in the same space, uh, you have a disconnect. And um, so you always wonder, am I seeing everything that I need to see? Am I, you know, feeling everything that I, you know, because yeah, you're separated through technology, you know, even Mm -hmm. though it's like I can see everything and I can um, um, see facial, you know, and, and actually they did a wonderful, the cast does does a wonderful job emoting through that, which, which I was very concerned about is. Yeah you know, am I going to be able to get everything? But there still is that disconnect. There's that barrier. Yeah. And to another challenge is that really live theater is the cast feeds off each other, which again, you have this disconnect mm-hmm. because everybody's in their own space and their own home. Um, and um doing their own thing and they're, I mean, they can hear each other. They can see each other on the screen, but yet again, you don't have that in presence, uh, connection. Yeah. That so that, that was the biggest challenge. And honestly um, it is a challenge and you do uh, really have to work to overcome that. Um, so um but i believe that they did a very good job of of doing that um yeah um, and and that just you know it's just something that you can you know i mean you can only do so much with you can only you know just because of the way it is but i i think they um i think they did a very good job of that um but that was the biggest challenge is is trying to make that connection you know, through through zoom through this barrier that right he, so but i but i think um we overcame that and um
0: and that kind of got amplified too because originally we were planning on bringing the cast all together and performing yes. together for the cameras yes but yes. then the restrictions got harsher so we ended up having to do these individual recordings so they didn't even unlike the rehearsals they're doing everything based on their memory of what happened during all the rehearsals. Right. And doing their individual recording part. Um, I think it was kind of served well by the fact that these were old time radio scripts that had a lot of the action in the narration. Um, Um,
1: right, right. Um, and like when I wrote, uh, because we had an original uh, Gift of the Magi script, radio mm-hmm. script that I redid basically. Um, it needed a lot of changes to make it work for us. Yeah. Um, go when So writing that script, I kept that very much in mind, is that um, you're going to have to make sure that there's a lot of uh, – um illustrative uh narrative uh yeah. so people can see as you know when they're hearing the words that they can see the picture also in the sound effects which uh Laura <laughs> Laura Harris is fantastic just to watch the 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 video now um to watch her do her stuff is just going to be amazing um, yeah,
0: I think that's what's going to set this apart from a lot of the other online productions that are happening right. is uh, we have live sound effects. We're, we're not yeah. using like canned sound effects. Yes. We actually have Laura in here using household items to yeah. make the sound effects. Well, that was the thing, too, it's because
1: wonderful. she was with our rehearsals through Zoom, too. And, and we'll go, OK, we need, you know, it was written in, in the scripts, like what sounds, but not how to make them and she yeah. would, she would, she would leave, she would get something from her kitchen or from her, wherever.
0: <laughs> that and, was so fun to watch.
1: And she, you know, she works at a bike shop. She got a, you know, wheel from, you know, the bike shop and, um, just bringing that stuff in and she's here, listen to this. See if this, is this the sound that you want? And I'm like, yeah that's great <laughs> you know yeah that was wonderful i don't you know and it's it's interesting the things that she used to make sounds it's not mm-hmm. the items themselves but but something entirely different and it's it, it was just fun to watch her come up with all these different you know ways to make these sound effects so that that was amazing so and and that was a concern of mine too it's like oh man so, through a Zoom rehearsal, how how is that gonna work? And, you know, again, overcame this barrier of, you know. Yeah.
0: Um, she really rose to the occasion. She and did. I just loved seeing her grab stuff on the fly from her house and just I start know. making- Wait, just, minute, just, wait it a minute, wait a minute, let me
1: just, I'm gonna grab this, you know, cause I said, you know, well, I, I need this kind of sound. And she's like, okay, just a second. <laughs> she goes, she comes back. Mm-hmm. And like, Apparently everything in your house. So that's fantastic. So So, last
0: question. Um, Obviously, we're all eager for live performances, in-person performances Mm -hmm. to come back. And um, you know, I've I've heard a lot of people calling in, and uh, a lot of folks are like, "When are you going to do a show?" Um, And what I've what I've kind of encountered is a lot of folks are hesitant to watch theater online
1: because
0: mm-hmm. um, it's not the same I mean let's let's be honest you, it's not the same as being there and seeing the actors right. communicate so what would you say to someone who's kind of on the fence about oh do I want to watch vintage Christmas I'm not sure it's not like going to the theater what would you say to that person
1: um and I totally understand that because um, that's how I feel it's like I'm technologically challenged. You know how easy is it going to be to do? Uh, to answer that first question, how easy is it going to be? To do I think we've got it set up well so that mm-hmm. you know on a website so that it's easy enough to access? Yeah. Um, so it's user friendly that way. The other thing too is um, because I've uh, just uh, I had the same thing when I wanted to watch, um, I forget what what theater put it on, but um, Frankenstein um, because that was online. And um, I was like, you know, is it gonna be like theater, you know, or is it just gonna be like, you know, TV, watching TV, but it got to be very immersive. And here's what you gotta do going into it. You just have to come at it from a different perspective. No, yeah. you're, you're not, you're not in a, in an audience. You're not, you're not with other, you're not with a group of people unless you have a group of people in your home watching this or whatever. Um, but so you've got to come at it from, uh, you're experiencing this with um, some different senses than yeah. you normally. You, you don't get the, I guess, physical, in-person thing, but um, if you look at it like what other senses it might, you know, like like this whole radio, this is why we uh, wanted to use as many uh, live sounds uh, that Laura used um, rather than just canned because because you're both seeing and hearing the sounds at the same yeah. time. So I would say uh, it's it's going to be a different experience it just is but yeah. I think it's going to be an opening experience to like um to re how to experience theater because that's really yeah. what you sh- even if you're in person in the theater, you really should be experiencing it with all of your senses not just oh I can see I can hear this but wow what does this feel like you know what you know because we had to rethink, you know, like Laura was. Laura said too. She, how does that sound work, you know? So yeah. I think it's, I think it's a great way to come at theater in a different way and to experience it um, fully with some other senses that that you don't normally think about, you know. So yeah. I would say it would. It's a, it's a great uh, learning experience a different way to look at a different way to experience theater, with some other senses, you know, that you don't normally think about when you're in theater.
0: And I'm glad that we rather than do what we've done a couple of times this year, where we did a show like a reader's theater on zoom. Yeah. I'm really glad that we actually brought the actors here put them behind a mic in costume mm-hmm. so they're in the characters and and
1: right so it's
0: probably about as close as we can get with the restrictions that we're under to right. giving a live performance um, right but at the same time it's going to be unique in the whole the way it's presented too so I'm excited to see how people respond to
1: it yeah I am too I am too and um, I'm excited to see the finished product because a lot of thought, you know, between you, and me, and, you know, like the play selection went into how we were going to produce this show. Yeah. Like you said, we didn't want to just, I mean, we could have done it like a reader's theater. We could have just put in canned music, but we didn't. We're like, we want to um, fully embody as much as possible a radio, how they would have done radio, you know, in the 1950s. You know yeah what all did you have to what all did they do what did what do you have to think about in order and so yeah we went to the we got you know costumes we got sound you know a foley artist um just
0: original music by rick search yes,
1: yeah um, rick Serchia, yeah yeah did a lot of uh you know research on music and he gave us great musical tract mm-hmm. um so you know, a lot of thought uh, went into making this a full-bodied experience. As, yeah. You know, a radio experience. So, that you can watch visually at the same time. So, so well, yeah. Thanks for taking
0: the time yeah. to talk to me. And uh, for those who who uh, want to experience the Vintage Christmas, um, tickets are on sale now. They're only $5. And what that $5 does is it gives you access to the show For the entire run. So for $5 you can watch it with your entire family. You can watch it multiple times over the holiday season. uh, Because you will have access during the entire run of the show. It runs from December 17th through the end of the month. And you can get tickets online at um, masterarts.org. And click on the tickets tab. And you are all set. Thanks for talking to us Kathy. And I'm looking forward to putting vintage Christmas out there for people to enjoy.
1: Yeah, looking forward to seeing it.
0: Thank you for listening to Playing for the Master, a co-production of Unmuted Arts and Master Arts Theatre, both out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our theme music is Rondo Giocoso, a piece written and performed by Richard Sertia. Our podcast is edited by Tim Van Bruggen. The views expressed by the hosts of this podcast are completely their own and may not reflect those held by the organizations as a whole. If you have any comments or suggestions for topics you'd like to hear discussed, please email them to director at masterarts.org. Thanks for listening.